0: Welcome to The Colby Cast, episode 167. Thank you for joining us. Today, Bonnie and I are joined by counselor, mother, and creator of the Interior Kingdom program, Johanna Siegren. As parents, we've all experienced a child in a complete emotional meltdown, and I must admit that these have often led me to a different sort of emotional meltdown of my own. Johanna talks about her program, which helps parents and children to regulate their emotions rather than repress them. Her program provides us with the tools that we need to experience emotions as God intended. We hope that you'll enjoy the show.
1: Hi there, I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom of four lads and lasses, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic.
0: And this is Steven, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy.
1: Stephen, I have a new conversation starter for you today. What's a good word?
0: They am going with providence.
1: Okay. Do you have more you want to say about that? Or is that maybe it will be revealed in our conversation?
0: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll just hint at it here, I guess, maybe, but sometimes things happen and you think, what is going on? You know, this doesn't make any sense. But um, sometimes it just, that's the way better things are in store because God has a plan and we don't always know what that is. So,
1: Okay. Well, our topic today is emotional regulation. And our guest for this conversation is uh, Johanna Segrin. She is the creator of a program called Interior Kingdom about emotional regulation, incorporating uh, Catholic principles and psychology. Johanna, welcome to the Colby cast.
2: Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Stephen. It's great to be here.
1: very happy to get to visit with you and hear about this program. I am trying to remember when I first uh, learned of it, it came across my radar screen, so to say, um, quite a while ago, and I've been very intrigued, and I keep coming back and reading more and more about it, and so the opportunity to get to hear about it from you is a real gift. Uh, Would you first tell us about yourself, though, and your background and, and things like that?
2: Sure. I am a cradle Catholic, and my husband, Thomas, and I have been married for for seven years, yes. <laughs> and we have uh, three beautiful children uh, ranging from six and a half about down to 16 months. Our first daughter was actually born unexpectedly with complex medical needs. It's a really rare syndrome called VACTERL association. It's a set of congenital anomalies that tend to present in a cluster. And... Kind of my experience of becoming a mother is also what led me to develop Interior Kingdom is, you know, the ongoing complexities of trauma and just needing something myself as a parent to help with emotional regulation, as well as wanting something to teach my children from the perspective of our faith about their God-given emotions.
1: Wow. That that sounds tremendously challenging. So you combined your personal experience with, with your professional background. Could you tell us a bit about that side of the equation?
2: Yes, so I'm a licensed professional counselor. I attended Franciscan University of Steubenville for my undergrad in theology and psychology. And then I was able to stay on for my master's at Franciscan, which was such a gift. And then after I graduated, I went on to do mission work as a counselor in Ecuador for about three years and returned to the States to do some work in community mental health. And then joined a Catholic group practice in Denver for a while, and then landed on starting my own Catholic practice called Two Hearts Counseling for the Sacred and Immaculate Hearts. And I still see a few clients virtually today, but mostly I've been working on Interior Kingdom for the past few years.
1: So lots of experience informing your work on this emotional regulation program. Could you define a few terms for us, um, regulation and dysregulation, and any others that are that might come up in the course of conversation that might not be sort of part of the everyday parlance of our of our listeners?
2: Sure. So emotional regulation really has a lot to do with our nervous system. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard about just the basic fight or flight, or freeze uh, responses that our bodies can have and a lot of times we just think of those in terms of more of physical danger like if a tiger was chasing you right what would you do and your body goes into that fight flight or freeze type of response however we can actually be experiencing that especially as parents all throughout the day in trying to just navigate the very (laughs) you know, complex and wild yeah. uh, environment, right? Of of home life with varying ages of children. And so it's important to have that framework for understanding that our emotional regulation really comes from what's going on with, within our brain. And if we can understand what dysregulation is, then we can come to a better understanding of what regulation is. And so dysregulation Is occurring when you're in that fight, flight, or freeze response because what happens is your whole brain shuts down to basically preserve your life. And so you're functioning out of your amygdala, which is not your higher brain, which you can't then access your higher faculties, so to speak, like logic and being rational. And so That's a lot of times what we're seeing with our children, right? You know, when they're emotionally dysregulated is they just can't even catch their breath to think straight about whatever instance might be occurring. And in order to get regulated, you have to somehow convince the brain that you're safe. And again, that's why I realized I needed something to help me with that because saying calm down to my kid, saying calm down to myself was not helping. Those words were not making me feel safe. They weren't making my child feel safe. Uh, So using kind of my background in play therapy, I'm also trained in trust-based relational intervention, which is a parent-child enhancement. Method of relationship and all of that combined with just my experience as a counselor to create a program and a framework that would help children and parents feel safe and to be able to thereby rec- regulate their emotions and reach that uh, safe space in their brain essentially.
1: I can really appreciate the the need for the adults in the relationship to work on their own, to have tools for themselves, not just focus solely on the child. So I, I really like that aspect of it, it serving everyone in the family.
2: Right. I think a lot of emotional regulation programs tend to only focus on the child. And that was something else that just wasn't really serving our family when we tried a secular program was that it, it was cute for the kids, but it wasn't helping me in my own emotional dysregulation as an adult and how to address my own triggers as a parent of, of why my children's behavior was making me feel so upset. And I really wanted to help other parents address that because I don't think it's talked about quite as often as it should be. I think there can be a lot of shame around that, but There doesn't need to be because the reality is that most of us didn't grow up in homes where emotional regulation was talked about. It's a fairly new buzzword, right? And, uh, you know, our parents, even if they did the best they could, came from a framework of there are good emotions, like being happy and calm, and there are bad emotions, like being mad or sad or angry. And you just shouldn't feel those. You shouldn't show those and only be happy and calm all the time. And now we are adults and we are realizing that that's not reality and that that's not our children's reality. And I think there's so many amazing resources now for parents, um, even just in social media outlets that make learning about emotional regulation and how to help your children with that a lot more accessible. And at the same time, you know, we we can't teach what we don't know. And so we really, as parents, need to be simultaneously healing kind of our own uh, wounds around emotions and what we were taught about them. And then also teaching our children how to have a healthier relationship with their emotions and a healthier expression of their emotions. And then integrating that with our faith. And that's a lot to try to, try to do, right? Definitely, yeah
0: it's been a really interesting thing in our family to kind of think about that and it's funny we're kind of a i'm very norwegian in my background and we have a friend who's over visiting norway right now and she's been sending us joking things about how norwegians don't show any emotions and that's (laughs) so, so that's kind of my background but then as i was reading about your like emotional dysregulation and and or listening to some of your talks especially and thinking oh i think maybe some of the reason i have such an adverse feeling in addition to my background, though, to emotion is because of that dysregulation. And so like when you're talking about you get into those situations, you've got a child or you yourself and and the emotions are out of control. Like you're saying, they're not there. It's the brain has kind of turned off as far as the ability to to reason. And so I see kind of feel like, okay, well, that's a bad thing. My reason isn't working and my emotions are just there. But then it's not then the emotions that are the bad thing but trying to as you i love the and some of the videos and some of your trainings that you're doing with the 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 hand the puppet mm. the, <laughs> the hand puppet just to, sh- to show the disconnect right the that mm-hmm. that's like okay that's we're trying to get that disconnect to to uh or dysregulation to to stop or to get out of that place where it's disconnected not to not feel that emotion mm-hmm. I, I think yes. I got that right. Okay, yes, good.
2: you did, Stephen. <laughs> Way to go, <laughs> see you've already been learning so much. So proud of you. Um, yeah, I in the in the Interior Kingdom program, what Stephen's referring to is I use a brain puppet <laughs> to help parents visualize what the brain looks like and what a regulated brain will look like and what a dysregulated brain looks like and how if we can understand that it it gets. Gives us more empathy and compassion for our emotions and that dysregulation that occurs within us and within our children, Uh, because a lot of times I think we have unrealistic expectations about what we should be able to do in terms of regulating emotions. Uh, So we can beat ourselves up of like, well, I should have handled that differently. I should have thought this. I should have said this. But again, if we're operating out of that limbic system and the amygdala, we can't access our logical, rational brain. So we can't think of things to do differently in the moment. And that's where a lot of parenting programs, I think, are falling short because parents need to remember all of the right things to say and do in the moment, but you don't have access to that. It's like a filing cabinet and it's locked. And you can't open it, but you need it. And it, so I, I think, you know, again, just as much for parents, as much as kids, the same thing is happening with kids where, you know, it's not really about like the pink cup or the blue cup. It's, they, they can't understand why each cup is good. You know, they're just already in that dysregulated spot and no amount of reason or logic is going to reach them. And when you start understanding that, And just focus on, again, getting that brain back online again, or I'll sometimes describe it as a power outage. You need to be able to flip the breaker, get the rational brain back online again, then you can have that rational conversation. But the only way to do that is through safety. And that's something that I really tried to integrate through Interior Kingdom is how can both adults and children feel safe again. Um, And I'm not talking about like a tiger is chasing you because that's not what's happening in our daily lives in our homes, but we can still have that same visceral feeling in our bodies as if we were, you know, physically in danger, but just throughout our everyday lives and especially for homeschooling parents, right, which, you know, we're with our children a lot more and we want to be. And I think we're struggling a lot behind closed doors and nobody sometimes wants to let on how hard it is.
1: Very true. So, so accurate. Could you tell us a bit more about the name, the sort of the significance of the name of the program and a kind of an overview of sort of how it works?
2: Sure. So the program is called interior kingdom and it was inspired by two things. The first one is the scripture verse from Luke seventeen twenty one: the kingdom of God is within you. And then the rest of the program and the, the idea and the framework was loosely inspired by St. Teresa of Avila's classic work, Interior Castle, where she describes our spiritual life as a castle with rooms or mansions that we progress through, right? And when God just planted this vision on my heart, it was taking these concepts of what if we envision our interior emotional life as a kingdom? If we believe that our emotions are given to us by God, and we can use this verse, the kingdom of God is within you, that we would Envision um, our hearts as the sanctuary for God, which you know the saints have long talked about. Some saints call it a cell. Some saints call it make a little chapel in your heart where Jesus lives. And so, in this program, we we call it the castle that the King of Kings lives in the castle. And the first part of the program really focuses on that kingdom uh, and kingship imagery that we find in Scripture and throughout saint quotes, et cetera, to build a relationship with God as king and to really envision this sacred space within us um, that we want to dwell in with God. And so it's bringing that prayer, prayer life into the framework for the emotional regulation piece. And once that foundation is laid, then we use the circumplex model of affect, which is really common in the secular world. It's uh well-founded scientifically as a way of understanding emotions and it groups emotions into four primary groups and with interior kingdom we take it a step further we don't just view these as emotion groups we view them as landscapes within our kingdom and each landscape has a color that corresponds to its emotion group and has different features that that kind of correspond to those emotions. So for example, high energy, high intense but maybe unpleasant feelings are in the red group of emotions which is associated with a volcano like anger for example. And sadness is low energy, also can feel unpleasant. Nobody likes to necessarily feel these things, but it doesn't make them bad, it just makes them hard. And that is depicted as a blue rainy valley. Uh, Conversely, like high energy emotion that is pleasant is depicted as a yellow golden mountain peak and a uh, emotion that is experienced as pleasant but low energy is depicted as a green still lake like still waters. And so each of those emotion groups is shown in the program through beautiful custom watercolor artwork. And you basically use the program similarly to a secular calm down corner in a way, except you're also giving a framework for parents and children to understand their emotions as much more significant and as having a place within your interior life as something that you can integrate In a healthy way that you don't have to shove down or ignore, but that you can essentially pretend like you are exploring that landscape within yourself with compassion and curiosity. The goal, though, is not to stay in that landscape. And that's another way that it differs from secular programs, which really focus on you're feeling mad. You want to be happy and calm. How do we get you to happy and calm? and that's all that it's about how do we get back to those warm fuzzy feelings and as as catholics as christians we know that our life is not about comfort and just the the easy happy go lucky fluffy feelings we want to lean into the reality that there is suffering and that we are called to do hard things and there are complex emotions around that. And we don't always have to be happy. Happiness is not our goal. Like we want to be at peace within ourselves and abide in the peace of Christ. And so that's why in interior kingdom, the goal is always to get back to the castle where King Jesus lives and that you help your your children and yourself to envision your home in the castle. Like my children love to be like, my room is at the very tip top of the tower. They Mm -hmm. have a place there. That is where they see themselves being tucked in at night is in this castle of peace with Christ. Um, So that's a little bit about the framework and why, you know, it's called what it is, why it was inspired you know by these scripture verses and, and the saints but yeah that's that's the program in a very brief nutshell
0: <laughs> i really enjoyed the 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 pictures and that that fact that you're not just trying to like run from the the misty valley over to the the lake or from the the volcanoes that you have over to the sunny peaks but plotted it out where there's a path from every place to the interior the interior kingdom that you have right in the center which is just so is, for me it was just so amazing to kind of see that be- because it it just so reiterates that you know if i'm down in that misty valley that that rainy valley it's it's okay to kind of ex- experience those emotions but but again directing that or going from that valley to the to the kingdom, following that path uh, away from there. So feeling the emotions, but not necessarily wanting to reside there, not to kind of mm. wallow in my own emotions, but to to see what it is that where where God is leading me with with those feelings, or you know, whatever whatever area landscape I happen to be in, I guess. But but the, yeah, that Misty Valley is a friendly place to me that I spend time in, so I like to you mm-hmm. know kind of make it up to the kingdom myself.
2: But. Yeah absolutely yes that was something that as I worked with the artist who helped me create the artwork that I wanted to have that there is always a path that leads us back to that castle that heart center that place where we encounter King Jesus um and at the same time that King Jesus comes to us that he comes to us in our darkest valleys or in in, you know, the volcano land, or as my children call it, you know, but that he will come rescue us and that we use all these scripture verses to really ground our children and ourselves in that truth that, that God is with us. And every emotion that we feel that Jesus, in the beauty of the incarnation, right, he became one of us and he knows what it is like to experience every human emotion. And he desires to be with us in our experience of those that they are not bad they're not evil and you know part of the program talks about demystifying that because sadly there's been even misinformation promoted by you know clergy by well-meaning catholics that emotions are bad that they need to be stifled that you must snuff them out um that you know even some of some writings of the saints i think we do have to read those with a discerning eye because what they believed about emotions at different time periods was different than how we can understand the brain again and the science of emotions um but we really focus on what the catechism of the catholic church has to say about emotions and dive into that in one of the modules of the program to really Be able to see that the morality of emotions lies not in the actual experience of feeling sad or mad, for example, but in the action of what we choose to do with that emotion. And so being able to separate that out, I think can bring a tremendous amount of freedom for adults. And then again, help us to teach our children that it is okay to feel sad and it is okay to feel angry. What do we do with that? How do we find a proper expression of those feelings? Let them exist and Like you were saying, Stephen, not camp out there forever. Like we're not building our our home or pitching a tent. But how do we be there while we need to be there? Feel what we need to feel. And then we're ready to go home to the castle, you know, to, to be at peace again. And the way that we know we're emotionally regulated in the Interior Kingdom program is by using the fruit of the spirit, because those are not based on emotion, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, right? Those are the fruit of the Spirit. And so we can gauge our emotional regulation based on those fruits. And that's that's what we make our goal, like the expression of those beautiful fruits that we want to see in our our own hearts and in our homes.
1: I know I know I say this to my children quite a lot, like it's not the emotion isn't bad. It's what we do with it that matters. But here's a path like like a way through that. that's a, yeah. So how do you see, do you recommend to people that you like set aside a certain time each day to do this? And how does that tend to play out?
2: Sure. So to implement the program, there is no hard, fast timeline. Uh, However, I do have two sample schedules that families can use, either a five-week implementation plan or an eight-week implementation plan. You could do it in two weeks if you really wanted, but uh, just to give families time to go through the lessons. So you will receive uh, scripted lessons very much in a similar style as Catechesis of the Good Shepherd or Montessori, very hands-on, very relational, uh, room for a lot of dialogue with you and your children. And it's, it's giving you exactly what you need to teach your children about their God given emotions. You don't have to come up with what to say. It's, it's right there in the guide for you. And so you do just need to set aside, you know, 15 minutes, for example, to present the lesson to your family. Once you've gone through the family lessons and you've implemented the program, there's no ongoing lessons or curriculum, so to speak. So if you set aside those five weeks or eight weeks or whatever you want to just really make sure you go through the whole program, then after that, the the program continues to function like a secular calm down corner would. That whenever there's an instance in your daily life that requires help with emotional regulation, you would go to the kingdom corner, is what we call it in the program, but you can call it whatever you would like. Um, or you bring out your your basket of materials to the living room, or however you would like to set it up. There's so many uh, options for that, but you just use this framework because it's it's almost like a game and the reason it's like a game is because again playfulness really helps our brain feel safe and so a lot of times when i'm feeling overwhelmed by my kids and their big feelings if i can just find the words and the wherewithal you know to say do you want to go to the kingdom to my child And then we walk there and I'm just like taking deep breaths as we go. Right. And, but all I do is start guiding them through the steps. And I use these beautiful watercolor images that I enjoy looking at because (laughs) a lot of the artwork out there for kids, it's just cartoons, which even kids are being turned off by. So, you know, it's great that these, these beautiful watercolor images are lovely to look at. So I'm looking at them. My kids are looking at them and we start essentially playing the game. Of where are we in the kingdom? How do we find our way back? Should we use our little phone to call King Jesus? My three-year-old loves to say, King Jesus is not answering. Mm -hmm. And so then we laugh and we say, Well, is he taking a bath? Is he fishing? And then we end up playing a fishing game. And I it and it just all works because you're using that playfulness to get the brain back online. And so you're not stuffing the emotions. By saying, stop that. Don't do that. Knock it off. You are allowing the emotion to exist. There's lots of tears. They're crying or they're, you know, kicking, whatever might be. They're identifying which part of the kingdom they're in. They are learning to name their emotions. One of the emotions for the sad valley is heartbroken. And when you hear, you know, your three-year-old or six-year-old say, I'm so heartbroken. You know, it kind of melts your heart as a parent of like, wow, like they are heartbroken. And I hear them saying that and I have greater empathy for them, you know, and you play the game until you're back to the kingdom, until you're back to that castle of, you know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And after that is when you can then work on problem-solving Redos and repairs. So, a lot of people ask, where does discipline fit in? You know, and there can be a place for that, and how you can do that in a way that, again, brings you closer to your child and helps you build up your relationship instead of in a punitive punishment type of way that just erodes trust between you and your child so even within this framework there's a place for allowing emotions processing them and also for then working on changing how we might respond to our emotions in the future that action piece so that we can focus on having a more virtuous expression of our emotions without needing to shame ourselves in the middle of learning about them if that makes sense
0: yeah. Yeah. I, again, really appreciate this view. I mean, so many of the things that you lay out in, in this program that I've gone over so far, at least, just make so much more sense, you know, because I, I, again, talking about being a Norwegian anyway, but, you know, I think still kind of the virtue that I grew up with was the manly virtue was kind of the Clint Eastwood spaghetti Western, you, you know, you don't show emotions, you know, everything is, is there and so i've had conversations with even my children kind of growing up and it's like yeah they kind of got early on emotions are bad you know any display of emotions makes dad really angry um but i like i like what you say it gives you it gives me a context to kind of reevaluate that it's not we're trying to get away from those emotions in fact i you know that's something now as we're going back through and it's like sorry i didn't mean to really <laughs> tell you you couldn't be sad or that you couldn't get angry i did that's not what i should have done i should have mm. trying to get away from those like you're saying i think the discipline is built in there you're trying to be help yourself and your child pull themselves out of that irrational flight f- freeze f- or fight but there we go i've got all, all three of those trying to get out of that area where you can't reason you know where your reason has has been turned off and so that you can both feel the emotion I think in the right context and things because you're pulling things up to putting it in context of the kingdom of of seeing things so I love it because it is human to feel emotions and again as we I was thinking about talking with you I was thinking like well like the Greeks knew if Colby here where we have our our things in the poetics that's that's what That's what drama was about the plays were to bring about this catharsis of emotion in in the in the viewer. And they were recognizing that even before, you know, so this, I think, to me, puts it in the right context where you're you're trying to get the discipline, which is to train yourself to turn the brain back on somehow or to help another turn the brain back on you know when when they can't do it but then to feel things in the right the right way and in the right context and again bringing them to the kingdom i guess that interior kingdom
1: Hmm. i appreciate that it's an an acknowledgement of the reality of this is how i feel right now or this is how it looks like you are you know i don't know just just the acknowledgement of the reality of the moment. Here's where we are right now. We want to get to there. So how do we go from here to there? And this this is a way, yeah. Yeah. So your children are um not quite seven and younger and you're using it with them. So it, was there a point at which you decided, okay, now they're old enough to start this or is there a, a good starting point age-wise? And can older children, can you start it, like my children are teenagers, so starting with them, how, how does that all go?
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've been using it with my own children and I didn't really necessarily start it at a certain point with them. They were kind of the guinea pigs <laughs> as okay. I developed the program. Sure. <laughs> so mm, my oldest has been using it, you know, for the past three years, essentially. I started this when she was around three or four. And then my youngest has been using it since she was under one even. And my my baby, I call him my baby, but my toddler, he's starting to use it too. Like if the girls are doing it, he's right in there with them, like wanting to hold the pieces and it's really sweet. So I don't think there's a, an age that's too young in one sense. Now granted, with a toddler, you're going to be really adapting the program, you might not be using all of the scripted lessons. The scripted lessons, I would say the sweet spot for those is probably, you know, three or four and up uh, for those. And then there are adaptations for teenagers in the guides. And I absolutely do believe it's something for teenagers. I think it could be the greatest gift that we offer our teens in our fallen and broken world that we give them a framework for understanding their emotions, because I think it was hard enough to be a teenager when I was a teen, but I, my heart goes out to all the teens right now and everything that they're facing and giving them, yeah, this, this way of understanding that their emotions were given to them by God and that they are all good and how to explore those emotions with, again, neutrality, curiosity, to be able to trust their you know, instincts essentially of like, hmm, I'm dating this guy who makes me feel sad and I like him, but why do I also feel sad and down all the time? Hmm. How can I be curious about that and what I'm feeling and why? And if I always feel that way when I'm with him, if it always feels like I'm in this sad valley deep down inside, is that where I want to be? Is that who I want to be dating? You know, and, and I, Again, like just then to be able to carry on that framework as they go off to college or, you know, wherever they may go in their adult life, that you will have given them that gift. And so I encourage parents of teens to really make it kind of a special You know write a passage or a ritual of bonding almost that you do it together and that you're also saying to them look this this isn't even just for you this is for me like i am learning alongside of you because my parents didn't teach me this so i'm doing this interior work as well and i've had parents who have said that they allowed their teenage children to watch the parent videos because there's there's no videos in the program for kids I decided it would be much better if parents transmit that knowledge, so that's why I wrote the extensive guides for parents to be able to teach their children. However, uh, for the parents, there are videos where I'm, you know, explaining the neuroscience of of dysregulation and things like that. and. Parents have come back with feedback that they let their older kids, which I think is totally appropriate, their teenagers watch the videos with them. And they said, Mom, I I finally understand myself. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, again, that it absolutely is not to, you know, little kid, like for your teenagers. And that's why making beautiful artwork was so important to me of like, yeah, because cartoons are a turnoff for anybody over the age of three, frankly, like, (laughs) you know, so, so let's make it beautiful so that it can be used for every age and withstand the test of that, of time, essentially.
1: Great.
0: We were we're getting ready to implement or to try the program as a family this fall and when i started talking about it in my my older kids so i was like when we first heard about it, I was like is this are we too late because my my youngest is going to be nine this this year but the older kids were were expressing a great deal of interest in it and they keep surprising me because it seems like the the younger generation is much more aware of <laughs> They're much more mature in some ways than than I feel, at least about the need at times to to get help or get Mm. training and these things. It's it's like they understand that under doing all these things isn't just something natural that we just get, Mm. but the help that they can get to 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 understand these things and to to deal with them is very. It seems like it's desirable for them, which I I appreciate, but looking forward to it.
2: That's so good to hear. I'm excited to to hear what your family thinks of it, Stephen, and yeah, I think that's great to acknowledge. It's it's never too late to get started, you know, even if you only had teenagers in the house. I would say do it, you know, go all in. The program includes PDF supplies, so you're not getting physical copies of the materials. You're getting access to the PDF library, which means you can print You know, and make a custom binder for each of your teenagers so that they can keep it in their room because that is where teens tend to like to go, right? To kind of have their own space. So you're not limited to just one set of materials that five kids spanning all age ranges have to share. You can, you know, really customize it to the needs of your family.
1: Love it. And even, even like starting out with, you know, older children, like I'm trying to learn this to be, to better myself and to interact with you better. I would think that that would hopefully be attractive and um, maybe at least invoke some curiosity on their part. Like, wow, what is she doing to, to kind of show up better with them in relationship? Yeah. that's neat.
2: Right. Right. Because we're showing, we're not asking, asking you to do something that we're not doing ourselves and I think the most powerful way of parenting is to lead by example and whether that's you know in terms of our faith or other habits that we're trying to cultivate in our children so to show them I mean if my fridge had the space I would it's covered with children's drawings right now but I would love to you know you can print there's so many different printables but you could print you know the the landscapes and the castle poster there's an eight and a half by 11 version of just put it on the fridge so it's like when you're in the kitchen it's like you can look over at that and they see you know that you're doing that or that you have your own binder and kind of journal as as mom or as dad uh, that you're using and going to when you're upset about something and that you can use that language with them of like yeah I am really disappointed I am My kids call it the sad valley. I'm in the sad valley right now, like, and just allowing that, you know, and and just creating this safe language around emotions for your whole family is just such a gift.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. I I
0: I, again am just so grateful for like the neuroscience information that you have in there because it just created a whole new context. I mean, so it was regarding emotions, certainly, in our family. But one of the things that it also helped us with was um, test anxiety. Mm. Uh, We were trying to figure out, like, what's what's happening with some of these children who just – they're super smart, but the test comes here, and all of a sudden – it's like, what what are you thinking? You know, you could you could ask those questions, but then you think, oh, what's happening is they have just disconnected. And it's like, well, that's the worst thing you can do for a test, right? Is to right. turn your brain off. You know, you're in you're in a flight mode or a fright yeah. mode, you're mm. fleeing mode. But but the that same neuroscience works it was really been helpful then within our family to say, okay, here's what's going on. So now mm. it's a different thing. But we can apply the same the same sort of thinking to what's let's let's try to find a way out of that now Mm -hmm. you know the how can we you know find where we need to be to start those things so it just applied to it to me it just applied to so many different things um within our our family life that it's Mm. been very helpful
2: wow that's really neat to hear and you're right it absolutely applies to something like test anxiety because yeah, if you're anxious, you cannot access then your, you know, your higher functioning brain to then remember everything that you studied so hard, right? You literally have a blackout in your brain. And so using those principles, and especially as homeschooling families, we have options, right, that maybe kids wouldn't have if they're at a brick and mortar school of like, well, how about when you're taking your test, you can um, use the five senses that Interior Kingdom uses to really soothe your Neurosystem and to Tell your body that you're safe Which then keeps your brain online And it keeps that that Power on so maybe you have a cozy Blanket would you like a cup of Tea while you take your test Would you like calming Music on in the background like How can you provide That sense of felt safety So that they can Do the best they can on a test that You know they they know it and they're, they're, they're smart, like you said, and, and yet like, you know, no amount of saying, well, why don't you just calm down? You know, all of this like yeah. right? right just just right. take a deep breath and get going you'll get through it and they're still like oh, i can't you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. my my brain is frozen i can't think right like or mm-hmm. i i'm doing these but i'm making all these mistakes and i don't know and then you're like what were you thinking and yeah. we get in a shame spiral and that doesn't help yeah. and so they have more anxiety of like why why do i keep not getting an a when i know i did know all of that i studied so hard right yeah. so yeah. i just think yeah you're totally right how this can revolutionize just how we're handling all sorts of mental health situations that arise that are just everyday events in our home it can really inform how we might respond to those differently
1: so speaking of homeschooling families it's as as things go for us on day to day in our homeschooling endeavors it's I don't think any of us thinks goes through our day thinking oh well well that would be a good time for a meltdown. So is it <laughs> if something were to come up in the course of a day with a child or, or a parent needing to kind of visit the kingdom and how how does this play out for for do we need to excuse ourselves entirely and kind of leave everybody at loose ends or what what does that kind of look like?
2: Sure. I mean, I think it will obviously depend on the ages of your children and whatnot, but you know, if you have older children, you might just gently invite them to, to come, you know, over to a separate space and be like, Hey, I can tell something's going on. Like, let's, let's go to the kingdom. Like, and something that's really important is that you're not making the kingdom a punishment. It is not a timeout chair. (laughs) Like you're not like, go to the kingdom. Because if you do that, right, then there's what? Shame. There's a lot of negative emotion around it. You have to issue it as an invitation. And that's something as the parent that only you can control. And so whether it's an older child and it's just kind of gently inviting them of like hey like come here I can tell you're not yourself today like let's go to the kingdom for a bit but you could practically just after the invitation an older child could walk themselves through themselves and maybe you know the beauty of it is that you can kind of tether yourself a bit like go back and forth between your other children and the child that's dysregulated and just checking in on them of like oh where are you at in the kingdom right now have you, you know, like called King Jesus yet? Like, you know, or, or have you looked at the scripture prayer cards? Did one speak to your heart? And you can have a really beautiful dialogue with your older child about which, which prayer card they, they chose, you know, and what, what God spoke to them through that. Um, Whereas a younger child, you're more likely to need to be there through the whole thing. But I will tell you that, going through 10 to 15 minutes of the kingdom process is far better than when I decide to try to brush things aside and say, no, no, let's just keep going. We have too much to do today. So let's just uh, plow through this meltdown and get, get on with it, you know, and it, it only leads to further dysregulation. And so you're going to spend the time. Yeah. And the question is, how do you want to spend it? And I always like, literally, I feel like I'm at a crossroads in my brain of like, what am I going to choose? And that's why I said, you know, instead of needing to remember all the tips from all the podcasts and the books, all my brain has to remember is choose the kingdom, like, you know, and just, just to issue that invitation. And I find that when I go through the kingdom, you know, process with, with my kids, I'm closer to them after that meltdown than I was before it happened. So even though sometimes I think our goal is, can we please just have no meltdowns the whole day? And that would (laughs) equal a successful day. And that's what we've set it up in as our brains, you know, desire stability and peacefulness. And that's great. However, children don't have a fully developed brain. So it's not fair to expect that of them. It's our job to teach them how to, you know, learn these processes of regulating their emotions. And so it can only be expected that there will be meltdowns. There is going to be emotional regulation. It's not because you're a bad parent. It's not because you're doing anything wrong. It's because that's part of being a family and that is part of the process. However, how we're going to respond to those meltdowns, to the dysregulation. That has just as much of a role in our family culture and life as do we pray together? Do we eat meals together? What does bedtime look like? I mean, all of these things that that have value, sports, you know, doctor's appointments, other things. Are we making space for... What are we going to teach about emotional regulation? Because it is the thread that runs through our whole day. So I think, you know, for for families, it it is like an ebb and flow of just letting it permeate your home of it's there. It's this resource that, yeah, you can go to the kingdom and then you come back to whatever you were doing and some kids could keep doing their math independently while you help you know the 3 year old with their big feelings and then you come back and you check on things but it it is much better than like i said trying to just push through it or ignoring a child who's just melting down on the floor because that's not really teaching them how to navigate those emotions they might cry till they stop, but why do they stop? Because they know that nobody's going to listen to me. Nobody sees me. Nobody hears me. What I'm feeling doesn't matter. Yeah. And is that the message that we want to send? Or do we send the message of, I see you and I hear you. And we want to find our way back to the kingdom together. Let's do it together.
1: Well, I could see even the the siblings or the other people in the household who are around when this when something like this is transpiring, they have their own response to that, their own feelings about that. And, and they, they also knowing the kingdom process that will help them with those sorts of things. And what a gift. Yeah. Wow.
2: I have to tell you the other day, my six-year-old was having a hard time with something and she was sitting in the kingdom chair and going through the process. And my three-year-old was there guiding her through it, Mm. handing her the materials and saying, okay, where are you? Where are you Mm -hmm. in the kingdom?" All right, the next step is this on the map. Do you see the map? And the three year old was guiding her big sister through the process. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, wow, like, what would my life have been like if I started that at age three? Like, how much more compassion would I have had for my own emotions, for the emotions of others? How different would I have been as a parent in my early years, you know? And just, Again, like, what a gift we can give to our kids. Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. Oh. I I keep thinking you know, as you're talking, and I think back to your your colored cup example. When you've got the like you said, the child who's like, "But my cup is the red cup, and you gave me the green cup," and he's got you know, mm-hmm. you're thinking, "Oh, come on, please don't do." Th-. But this this way of of saying, well, let's not have to say we're sorry at the end and try to come down from that even if we get there you know where it's like i start yelling because a child is screaming about you know not having a cup and it's like this is not rational you shouldn't be well that's true it's not <laughs> rational so let but let's let's find the way to the kingdom and then rather than having to overcome that oh, i blew my top i'm gonna to have to go to confession with you know and i just i think i'll be more sympathetic i'll be more understanding of what is the need i mean it's it's clearly not the red cup i mean that's part of it but what what could that child tell me about that sense that feeling that that possessiveness of the cup or that desire to have that cup or whatever i'm not going to find that out from a child who i've just yelled at not easily at least i'm going to have to unwind all sorts of things to get down to letting them explain what they're missing you know, what's, you know, it might not be, it still might not be rational at all, but I'm not even going to understand what's making them upset. If I just say, I don't want to hear about your, your unhappiness, just push it down and get out leave me alone. So I could get about my day. It's just, it's just going to, it's, I think it's just provides such a, a clear, path that we should be following um but it's hard it's hard but but that but it's good to know that there's a different path and why i just love that there's all the reasons here i mean there's all the there's the reasoning behind it and there's a method that we can follow that's that's going to help us get to where we want to be you know yeah
1: to use throughout life so in addition to this beautiful resource, you have also developed one specific to taking your kids to mass. Would you tell us a bit about that and how that came to be and and all that sorts of stuff?
2: Yes, I'd love to. Uh, You know, I realized that one of the hardest places to practice emotional regulation is, ironically, mass, because it's this place where, you know, children are expected to be Basically, something that they are not in their essence. Like they are expected to be quiet, still, you know, calm for a whole hour. And that is not how children are wired. And that makes it pretty stressful for us as parents, right? To go to mass. Like, long gone are the days where you used to go to mass and just be able to pray without interruption and hear every word of the liturgy and focus on the homily, reflect on the scripture readings, be truly present for the consecration. Like, it's just, you know, you're you're herding cats, essentially, throughout the whole liturgy. And so it's hard to feel like what you're doing is important. It's hard to feel like God is in the middle of that. It's hard to want to even go, you know? And I wanted to create a resource that really offered tips and suggestions for how to help make the experience of mass as a parent more peaceful, not necessarily because your children are any different, actually the converse of being able to allow the reality that your children are children and they still belong at mass and so do you and so it's kind of like a little mini retreat you get um, a little bit of the toolkit delivered to your inbox each day so that it's more absorbable in bite-sized pieces and then at the end you can download the whole guide so you can print it but just uh, a way to encourage families to keep showing up at mass, even though it's hard, and to address those aspects from the perspective of a mental health therapist of, you know, how how do you kind of manage your mind essentially around your mindset around mass? And there's some some good tips in there, too, of like, well, how can you kind of gently help redirect certain behaviors of your children and how can you gently teach them about mass behavior, but also how do you not let your peace be totally shaken by the fact that your children were not perfectly behaved?
1: Fabulous. It is it's beautiful. And it it has this community building aspect of it too, with some some where you can reach out to other parents and kind of encourage them and connect with them along the way in the same endeavor I think it's it's such a, it's beautiful and so to find both of these programs how, how do folks find those?
2: So you can go to our website uh, www.interiorkingdom.com so you can find the full interior Kingdom program there and then you can also find the the link for the free download of taking your kids to mass tool toolkit there as well
1: okay. It has been so very lovely visiting with you, and we really appreciate you spending this time with us. Do you have any final thoughts or takeaways you want to leave with our listeners?
2: Oh, I did forget to mention just now with the website, if your listeners would like to use the coupon code COLBY15. That will give them 15% off of the Interior Kingdom program now through August 31st so that hopefully other homeschooling families can be encouraged to take advantage of, of the sale price and be able to use this as part of their curriculum in the fall to really set up their homeschooling year for, you know, <laughs> the, the best chance of success.
1: Oh, Thank you so through august 31st 2023 this coupon code is active we'll have the link to johanna's website in our show notes and the coupon code for you for our listeners to make use of it's such a beautiful program i keep saying that i'm so happy to have come across it it's been um, providential there we go with the, <laughs> the discovery of it <laughs> we really are so happy to have connected with you and appreciate all, your, all you have given to us and all the families served by this program. Thank you so much, Johanna.
2: Oh, well, thank you, Bonnie and Stephen, for having me. It was wonderful to chat today.
0: Subscribe to The Colby Cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or a review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast.colby.org.
1: Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Kolbe, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.